0: Welcome to Foster Career Experience, a podcast featuring interviews with people who've had experience with the foster care system about their lives, their career journeys, and their stories of navigating the workplace. We all bring unique histories with us on our jobs. And by understanding each other's experiences, we can make the workplace better for everyone. Today's episode features Charles, a baby boomer who spent the majority of his career working in the automotive industry. He's retired now, but spends a lot of time working as a business consultant and volunteering at his church and other organizations. One other thing that's important to note is that Charles is a twin, and you'll hear from his twin, Clifton, in another episode. The air tightened inside the open of an eight-foot rusted metal box. Charles eased down slowly onto the back of the bull that he'd been waiting hours, weeks, to ride.
1: I'd already watched people leave an ambulance at night, you know, because these bulls are what they call rank, mean. And uh, I'd watch people break things, arms, legs, and, 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 and have some different accidents, and so... I had to sit and watch 19 train wrecks before it got to me.
0: <laughs> Charles is not a bull rider. He's a business consultant who previously worked in the automotive industry and during the mid-2000s was challenged with leading his team through the recession.
1: It's 2006 and uh, Ford is uh, facing the biggest challenges, facing the history of Ford Motor Company. The automotive industry, you know, Chrysler and General Motors are both broke. And so is Ford really. We just didn't say it. We have thirty less than thirty days in cash. So um, you know, what do you do? You know, we can't we can't buy a pencil without a vice president signature. And Ford said we well, need to continue to grow our business because we're we're bleeding cash.
0: There wasn't any budget to do the promotions that Charles normally would do to grow the business, but as a foster care alumni, he had experience with no money. So Charles decided to replace capital with creativity. Charles made a deal with the top automotive dealer in the country, who also raised bulls as a rodeo stock contractor. If the dealer could break the national sales record, Charles would ride a bull. That is how, on an October night in Texas, a tall, middle-aged automotive sales rep stood alongside 19 college-aged bull riders, waiting his turn to last eight seconds in the arena. When Charles climbed over the fence, after being bucked off by the final bull of the night, it was confirmed by the announcer, he'd stayed on for 4.6 seconds, placing third in the event.
1: Congratulations, you finished third. I said, you can keep your drive. You can keep your trophy. He said, you got the third best time of the night. And so I said, well, thank you for that, but I'm not going to be boat riding anymore. (laughs) So I don't need that trophy.
0: (laughs) Charles spent 12 years in foster care, 11 of which he lived in a Christian group home where his twin brother and sister also lived.
1: I'm an identical twin. So, uh, yeah, we were there. We have the same history. And so, uh, and when you're identical twin, the egg splits. And so... You look alike, you think alike, you know, that's what our situation is.
0: Charles and his twin share a lot of experiences. They lived in a group home together, went to the same college for their undergraduate degrees and their MBAs, and worked at the same company together for 30 years. They even went through the challenges of the recession together, taking slightly different strategies to help their company. The two learned how to face challenges together head on. Charles and his brother were also the first in their family to go to college. While being away from home wasn't a challenge for them like it was for many of their peers, there were other challenges that they faced, including financial struggles, social norms, navigating basic college processes without support from home. Like, Charles didn't know who to list as his emergency contact on his college paperwork, so he put the group home where they had grown up. And that's where his grade reports were sent.
1: Like your traditional forms are who to contact, you know, and stuff like that. So I didn't know who to put down there. So I put the person at the Baptist Children's Home. So when they were sending my grades, they were sending my grades to them, and they would always know how I did. So that's kind of interesting. that was because I grew up in a non-traditional environment. So, you know, they would say, oh, you had a good semester. And and I was like, how do you know that? (laughs) But I (laughs) forgot that I put them down as our... uh, as our personal contact.
0: The group home remained Charles and his twins' main support system even after they aged out. Leaders in the group home helped them develop a budget, introduced them to the chancellor at the university, and offered the twins a scholarship. They also worked odd jobs and work study to fund their educations. Then, after getting their MBAs, the two quickly went on to work at the same large automotive company.
1: I'm going to tell people once. i figured out would way to draw two paychecks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and two pensions. Charles attributes his successful career of over 30 years with the same company to being true to his values, helping others, even when it didn't directly benefit him, and learning to respect differences.
1: I think, you know, you have to have a set of values. Everybody, that's different for everybody. And so what I learned at Ford and, and, and I've learned in my life is that You can't judge everybody by the same set of values because I dealt with people in different cultures and different environments, different backgrounds. So to try to put everybody into the same box didn't work. It doesn't work for me. It never worked for me. And so I would try to be respectful of people and what what their experiences were, the cultures they came from, the background, and just the different personalities. And so you have to find a way to lift up people. And everybody's got a different potential. I'm I'm a Christian, and I have those values, and so that helped guide me when there was questions about what the what I should do. You know, I'm, I I am good or bad. I'm I'm biblically. I read the Bible, and I try to apply this to my life, and and, and it makes me see the world is not all about me. And so, uh, I think Rick Warren his book was purpose driven life was right. It's not about me. <laughs> And so uh, I, I live my life like that. My values are like that. I try to invest in other people because, let's be frank, other people i to invest in me to get me here. Or I wouldn't be where I am.
0: Charles retired a few years ago. He now works for himself as a business consultant, where he uses his knowledge and expertise to advise others in their decision-making. What's his advice for people starting in their careers?
1: everybody's going to make good decisions and bad decisions and it's what you do when you make both that matters. And so how you get off the other side. So I think that's, that's what I would share with people, you know, develop your value system. And the more you live, the more you learn that probably you, there's more answers you don't have than you do have. And, but that, that shouldn't stop you from sharing what you do know with others. And so don't, don't get caught up that I don't have every answer to everything. That's okay. You know, here's the process I go through when I don't have the answers. And that's the value to people, I think. And, you know, you you do things to research it and, and to, you know, to find, you know, let others help you. And so I think that's the key.
0: Charles hasn't gotten back on a bull since that night in 2006, but he still leans on his support system and remains close to the community that he's built through the group home, his biological family, his church, and his friends. For example, every year he goes on a hunting trip with his biological brothers and his nephews. And he also participates in an annual reunion with the group home alumni. I
1: think people are islands. I think if you're an island, you know, it'd be hard to get to you. <laughs> so as I think you have to find a way to interact with other people in a way that, that you know, you listen and you learn. And, and sometimes you share, you know, your experiences, but sometimes you listen and sometimes you learn is sometimes people just want you to listen, and that's okay.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode. This podcast was created and hosted by me, Sam Heimbach, was produced by Zachary Webb. Podcast art and website design are by Hanna Finvez of HMF Design. Music is from Soundstripe. This podcast was funded in part by the Batten Savoie Scholarship offered through the Human Dimensions of Organization's master's program at the University of Texas at Austin. You can learn more about this episode and others at fostercareerexperience.com. Thank you.